Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome back to Flipping Dreams. I'm Heather Renee May, and I'm your host. And y'all, this week's discussion is delicious, and I hope you enjoy nibbling on each morsel of wisdom that I get to share with Colleen from the podcast, Hot Flashes and Cool Topics. We talk about following passions, perfectionism, supporting each other through intimidating leaps of faith paying it forward and how we shouldn't worry about other people's opinions and that midlife is really the best kept secret. And the good news is as we get older, we care less. Let's just dive right into this talk. I hope you enjoy it. And thank you again for listening to Flipping Dreams. No worries. Well, hello and welcome to Flipping Dreams podcast. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. I have, first of all, I've been really enjoying your podcast, um, particularly like the episodes that are like, you can eat more and work out less. Uh, that probably no, wasn't the take home. The but... <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was like, I need to get her on the show. <laughs> yes. Yes. That one was great. The fancy free one. You know, it's funny. I do ridiculous things all the time, um, but it's hard for me to always remember those things. And so it was great, like jogged my memory. I was like, oh, that's right. There's the time I ran into the subway pole on the subway when it wasn't moving. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. You should really get in touch with Joanne because that's a good one. She would definitely. Oh, this, it was <laughs> classic. The people's faces, I knocked myself out, basically. They just were sitting there. Listening. All of a sudden, this woman just like, zoom. And then, yeah, they they just looked at me like I was just the saddest person in the world. And of course, I just started. And then I just started laughing because I realized how ridiculous that was what just happened. Like, anyway, I had a huge. But sometimes you just have to laugh. And yeah. that's why I love the podcast because it's called Fancy Free. And you just, you lower the, she says you lower the bar for everyone else so that they don't feel so <laughs> embarrassed and overwhelmed. So yes. it was fun. To and we, we all need that for sure. Um, very cool. But let's talk about your podcast and your journey. So um, okay. as a, a little bit of your background is that you started off as an attorney yes, and now- you do a podcast about hot flashes and cool topics. So I'd like to know how you went. From you mean, how did I get from one to the other? Yeah. It's um, an interesting tale. Um, actually, you know, I started when I was in college, I, I was studying psychology and I knew I had to have a profession and I didn't, you know, it's sad to say, but I didn't want to spend all those years in a PhD program. So my boyfriend at the time, now my husband and I, he wanted to go to law school. So I was like, okay, I'll go to law school. And I think 
probably five minutes into it, I was like, this was a not good choice. <laughs> you know I mean? But when you're 20 and you don't, you're not confident in your decision-making process, you're like, okay, maybe this will get better. And so I went through law school. I worked for a large law firm, never really got that moment that people say, I have such a passion for what I do. I love what I do. Mm. And so um, I did it for several years. And then I got pregnant with my daughter, first daughter. I have two daughters. And I stayed home with them. But when it came time to go back to work, I just knew in my heart that the law wasn't for me. I had been practicing on and off while they were little, uh, working with my husband and his firm and doing different things. And, you know, it was great, but it just wasn't my great. It wasn't for me. So I started thinking, okay, I have absolutely, it's my 30s, I have absolutely no idea what I want to do. And I think that is for a lot of women. And so I said, well, if I don't know what I want to do, I do know what I don't want to do. Let's start there and work my way back. Smart. And I yeah. said, you know, yeah, it really is. So I said, you know, why don't I start exercising? People at the time were like, it'll clear your mind. You'll get an idea of what you want to do. And so a studio opened up by my home that taught Pilates. And I said, okay, let me start taking that. And I didn't have a lot of time. I was a mom. I was working part-time at my husband's firm helping him out. And I realized very quickly that I loved it. I loved what Pilates did for my body. I loved the um, mentality of what it was for, the connection to your breath and your body and your mind. And so I started, as I normally do, become obsessive about something. And I started saying, wait, this could be a career. So I went to Pilates school, which I yeah, told which, you. Which one did you do? Because I also did it Pilates. I did Power Pilates. Okay, okay. Was out of New York City, and then okay. I they had a studio in um, Florida where I lived at the time. Okay. Um, and I, it took me about nine months to get through the program, and then I had to do you know you have to do these six hundred hours. So I worked for Power for a while, and I was working at studios, and I loved it. I was getting to use my psychology um, from college because so many women go in there, and men. I taught both, mm -hmm. and say I have an hour here, but they kind of want to get exercise and some of their mental stress off at the same time. So you're working in tandem between mind and body for a lot of your clients. And I loved it. Um, and I taught for about 15 years and then we moved to Nashville mm -hmm. and I, it, the scene is very different. I wasn't getting, I was, I've been teaching from home for many years. I wasn't quite getting the same satisfaction and I, I'm a believer of it's never too late. If you want to do something else, go for it which is definitely uh, what Flipping Dreams is all about, so. Good, okay, see, yeah. there you go. I, I really, you know, if you, as long as you're willing to put the work into something and get creative, because by no means do I say, okay, just quit your job and start something new. No, a lot of times it's a transitional time where maybe you're working a full-time job and at night you're doing the things that you want to do to get to that goal. Mm -hmm. um, but I was lucky enough to, you know, my kids were out of the house by then, although they've come back. I call it the revolving door. They leave, they come, they leave, nice. they come. Um, and I was literally having lunch with some friends and a friend of mine has started a podcast about something completely different uh, than what we were talking about. And I said, gosh, I would love to listen to some podcasts for women in midlife. And there are some great ones out there. There really are. I was very impressed with a lot of them, but there, many of them are specific. They're either menopause or their um, career change or their emptiness or or one topic. We wanted to be the umbrella that covered all the topics. So my friend Bridget and I were like, well, we can't find what we're looking for. I guess we could try this. I mean, how 
like complicated could it be? Having no clue how complicated it is to start a podcast <laughs> and do it successfully. So we started about 10 months ago and it has literally just been this roller coaster ride of just joy. We love doing it. Uh, it obviously resonated with, you know, touched a nerve because our listenership is way up and, and we've got a great group of women in our Facebook group. And it's just basically women over 40, midlife and beyond, 50, 60, 70, that want to live their best life. And on the podcast, like you said, it's called Hot Flashes and Cool Topics. We talk about anything and everything to do with this time of life. So one week we could talk about um, menopause and the next week we talk about makeup. And the next week we could talk about death. And then the next week we could be talking about your fashion sense. And you know, it's just, you know, women are not one dimensional. And so we wanted the podcast to reflect that. I love that. And for me, it's so meaningful because there is that sort of void when you reach a certain age as a woman where it's kind of like, well, what now? Because, and most of media is geared towards 20s or maybe 30s. But once he hits 40s, it's kind of like you're trying to read magazines and do the things that are geared for 20s and 30s. And it's like you don't have the same energy. You've got a lot of different issues. You're dealing with aging parents. You're dealing with all kinds of different things going on at that age, you know, in that decade, you know, whatever decade you're in after that. And um, yeah, I've, I think it's just really awesome to have like a place where women can go tap in and just, and even men can tap in and learn more about women and what and what they're Absolutely. what they are thinking and what they're going through especially when women are right especially when women are going through some hormonal changes it's very valuable for their husbands to understand that they don't really want to kill them right that it's just their hormones and that it's not just them like that it's kind of right. it's universal like yeah we yeah. were really surprised by the lack of knowledge women have um you know, if you're going to talk about perimenopause and menopause, just the lack of knowledge that women have over the fact that they're in perimenopause and that mental challenges can happen. And I certainly didn't know anxiety and depression could be exacerbated during um, perimenopause. And I learned that through my own experience with it. But you have women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s who kind of, all right, we're not at that point where we're retired. So we're not in the commercials where people are playing golf and, you know, living in, in wherever retirement communities. Mm -hmm. And we're no longer the mommy me groups, the uh, soccer, basketball, whatever the after school activities where you're no longer living for your children. So it's this time where all of a sudden you're given permission to consider yourself first. And it's such a hard thing for a lot of women to do because we haven't done it before. We haven't been put in a position where we can say, well, do I want to do that? Like, what's best for me in this position? And there's so much guilt involved in that because you're so used to putting everybody else first. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, I, it's interesting. Yeah, I think there's two things there too, because I feel like there's the um, putting everyone first and not really taking that time for yourself. But then um, there's also... The fact that, you know, so like whether that's with children or whether that's with your spouse, I mean, most women, I feel like we're, we're kind of geared to, uh, we're geared to take care of everyone around us. It's like, um, one of my yeah. favorite, yeah, one of my favorite books is Gift from the Sea, Anne Morrow Lindbergh. And if you haven't read it, it's amazing, but it's, it's her, um, basically her thoughts on, 
these different segments like when the kids leave the house when you're and her whole premise was that you that every woman needs time and man they need to be able to do have time alone separately and they need to be able to re remember who they are and and she does it's really beautiful each chapter is a different shell and it talks about a different stage and the journey and it just in anyway i've read it a million times but um <laughs> but, yeah, yeah yeah it's really good um, I, I read it when I was very young, like preparing for, <laughs> for mm -hmm. eventually. But um, but I also think that women are also um, there's also the the there's such a competitiveness in our culture, Absolutely. and so it's like not only are we trying to take care of everyone else, we're trying to be better or or compete with each other, and we're like. I think the hardest part when you get older is that you to be kinder to yourself and see like, you know, your body's not going to be the same. And that's, that's abs absolutely fine. Right? Like I don't have the same body, not even close than when I was in my thirties or twenties or whatever, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and, and instead of beating ourselves up and being like, I need to go on a diet or whatever. And your episode about the dieting was really good about that. I really like that. The idea of eating more like, creating a diet that's like everyday diet, not a yo-yo yes. diet. I, I really like that. But yes, um, when we, and not to interrupt you, but when we, when we invite people on the show, we're very specific to not invite people that are like fad diets or someone who's going to talk about intermittent fasting. Not that there's anything wrong with those things, but because we have so many different women listening to the show, we want to give concrete advice that you can apply personally however it works for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're not eating, I mean, I personally don't think fasting for how many hours a day is, is in the long term good for your health. But she just talks about healthy eating and healthy nutrition and what is phytoestrogen, you know, in your diet, how it helps with your hormones. So it's more of a generalized Mm -hmm. topic that you can apply however you want to do it because we never want to say to somebody you must do this or you must do that because we're at the age nobody we don't want to be told what to do. <laughs> exactly we want advice we want help we want information and then we want to figure it out on our own totally totally absolutely i agree um so what are some of the like aha moments that you've had since you started this podcast it's been 10 months and like have you had any like moments that were just like kind of shocking or unexpected? In... I think I have them honestly almost every episode. Um, we always say that we learn something from everybody. Um, what I have learned through the podcast starting from the very beginning and kind of honing your skills as you go along as everyone does mm -hmm. is that I need to have an intent for every episode. What is my intent for the listeners? I can't just ask somebody to come on and then wing it. For mm -hmm. me, I, I have to have an intent and that way I know we're taking away something. And since I've done that over the last maybe four or five months, I've had much, many more aha moments. Um, I would say my aha moments come from the responses I get from listeners. When I get somebody who says, you know, you, that episode showed me I'm not alone, you know, that I'm not by myself in this, that I'm, I have people growing through this with me or I did an episode I actually recently did an episode with my daughter who uh, suffered from a very severe eating disorder when she was a teenager she's now in her 20s and in recovery and it was a difficult episode for me to do because I would 
I kind of followed her lead a lot of times when she was sick and didn't discuss it when she didn't want it discussed. And she brought it up to me, mom, you have a platform now. I think it'd be a really good idea for us to talk about this and how it affects a mom and how it affects a daughter. And I let her lead the way. And I was just having one aha moment after the other going, look at her. Like, I can't even believe that she's handling this and controlling the conversation. So that was really interesting. I think we've the domestic violence in um, how many women are now locked in with COVID into yeah. their homes and how dangerous it is. We felt like we wanted to get the word out with that. As far as aha moments for me personally, I think they come from just simple sentences women will say during the interview, like give yourself some grace or because um, you're so hard on yourself. You're just, and I am one of those people who are perfectionists and it's okay not to be a perfectionist. It's, it's those simple concepts that you take for granted, but sometimes you'll hear them and it resonates. Sometimes you could hear it 10 times, it won't click. Then all of a sudden you hear something and you're like, Oh, that you're right. That is me. So find your, you know, finding your passion. A lot of women who have changed careers and followed a passion. Gosh, if other women could hear that, I, I hope that resonates with them. Because just because you're 50, 55, 40, 70, and you still have a lot of life left to live and it's on your terms. Oh, absolutely. And, and I don't think we hear we realize that. But it's true. Yeah. And that's exactly that. So the whole premise of flipping dreams is, has came from out of a bathroom floor moment, <laughs> midlife going through a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> Let me take you to my bathroom floor, okay. but, uh, no. And, um, but it was this whole idea. I actually is, uh, a book that I've been working on, but then I kind of turned it into this podcast where it's this idea that, um, I've had like a million careers and everyone always comes up to me and they're like, oh, you, you constantly reinvent yourself and it's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, but you weren't there. Like, you don't know how hard it is. Like it, it, it is not, but it, but what it is that makes me different because anyone can do it. It's just that I flexed that muscle over and over. So it might be a little bit easier for me to take that risk. It might be a little bit easier for me to like, go ahead and jump, go ahead and try the things, whatever, go ahead and pivot because I've pivoted so many times, I've kind of like, it's something I'm kind of used to. And, um, and so that kind of turned into this idea. Um, the more I talk to people, the, the thing that I'm most passionate about is I can't stand when people are defeated. Like when they're just defeated in life, that is something that just drives, it's just inside. I just want to change that for them. Like I want to inspire and, and, be that light to remind people that it is never too late there. You, you literally can do anything that you really want to. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but you can do it. And, um, and for me, it was like, you know, I went to school later I got my bachelor's when I was like mid thirties, I became a software engineer in my forties, not having a background in tech. <laughs> I was yeah. a ballet, I was a ballet dancer. That was my first career. So like, you know, I was making a lot of shifts that were really not traditional. Um, and if I can do it, anyone can do it. And so the whole idea is like, um, I'm bringing people on the show that reinforce that, that maybe, maybe it's through they did a podcast or they changed their career or they uh, changed a lifestyle or whatever it is just to try to pique curiosity in other people and show them that they're not alone. There's a lot of people doing this and that they have that support and that community to, 
to make it happen. And so that's. I think it's a, it's a great premise. And I think it's one that, you know, it's very overwhelming for people to think that they have to leave because even if they don't like particularly the career they're in, it's safety, it's comfort. They know what, you know, they know what to expect every day. So taking, taking that leap of faith can be absolutely terrifying. And when there are others telling you, why would you do that? Like, for example, for me, when I was going to leave the practice of law and then became a Pilates instructor, I, even to this day, when I tell people I did that, I get the, why would you do that? And I think it's really important for men or women to realize that it, what other people think of you is their business. It's none of your business. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect you. And I think as we get older, that's a gift that we receive that we really care less about, number one, what other people think. And number two, what people consider failures because they're not failures. They're just life experiences. But if you tell your 20-something self that, it doesn't resonate. It doesn't last. No. You tell somebody over 40 and they start to get it. And really, I think in your 50s, even more so. So yes, you can take the risks. They may sound crazy to the rest of the world, but you have to be prepared to do it. You can't just jump and hope like, I'm going to start an online business and I have no clients and I hope it works. You have to be realistic about it too. If, you're, if your income is, is necessary for a certain you know, period of time, start small and do things at night, do things on the weekend, learn your craft, do the work, and it slowly will happen for you. It's just everybody's path is so different oh, that to totally. judge someone else's path is just, it's, it's a waste and, of energy. And I think and you going back to this idea of judging too, because we're in such a comparison culture. I mean, it's just so, oh, it's just so toxic. Um, one of the, so my book is basically a template and the idea was like, because I was really addicted to HGTV. I love watching. <laughs> I love HGTV. Right? I mean, who doesn't love a flipper, like a fixer upper template mm -hmm. where they go in and they demolish like an old house and then they reconfigure it to exactly what the vision of the family, what they need. And then they, you know, frame it in and then decorate it and design it exactly how they want. And they give them the keys to this beautiful house. Well, why can't we do that to our dreams? And so the whole idea, the template is like, I take people step by step through this dream of base or this, this process of excavating, like getting rid, you know, going through your old dreams, letting go of the ones that didn't work. It's fine. You know, go finding little gems of dreams, like through journal work that I do these exercises, finding like, remember when you were younger and you really liked that thing, but you thought you could never do it. But now maybe you can, maybe it's still like a lot of people have passions that we forget over time. So this idea of like bringing that forward and then having helping folks to build in a blueprint and a vision for the stream, helping them find the resources like, okay, if that is your dream and this is the thing you want to do, let's figure out how we're going to get you there. Um, and then, you know, they, they're designing it and build anyway. So it's all based on this template of like flip, flipping their dreams. And it's something they can go back to all the time. Like, you're, you're setting your foundation, you're doing all these steps. And then let's say you get to your dream house and one window doesn't open the way you want it to, or some room doesn't work the way you thought it should. Um, and obviously I'm being metaphorical, but like then, then you change it. Then you just go back and like reframe it in and have it write up a new blueprint. So the idea of like, I guess all of it kind of points back to this, um, having a really open growth mindset. Because I think the thing is, is like, 
the worst things in our society that we can do or the worst things we can do to ourselves are being fixed mindset and perfectionist mm -hmm. and feeling like things have to be a certain way and it's either, you know, good or bad. Um, or comparing ourselves to other people's lives, which everyone is so different. Like it's just, it doesn't even matter. You could, you could do the same life as someone else and it will be completely different for you. Like, so yeah, anyway. You're, you're absolutely right. And I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves for that reason, because well, so-and-so did it and it was easy for them or so-and-so crashed and burned on that. And, you know, for women, I think as we get a little bit older, if you happen to stay at home mom and put all of your time and all of your energy into your children, which is wonderful, but now they're starting to, you know, fly and yeah. kind of open their wings. It's, it's a bittersweet time for a lot of women because they can't even remember the dreams that they had. And if they did, maybe they don't want to do that stuff anymore, but sure. they still have half of their life left to live and they're starting a new chapter. So what we say to a lot of the women um, that feel that way is find one little thing that you have to look forward to just for yourself. It can be anything from taking a dance class to learning to sew to changing the world or, you know, yeah. or bungee jumping. It can be as big or as small. It doesn't matter. It's just something for you to look forward to for yourself because it takes that tiny step forward. And also it's okay to mourn the loss of, a part of your life and still be happy at the same time. Like the feelings aren't mutually exclusive. You don't have to be just sad or just happy. Mm -hmm. You can be both. So it's just, it's such an interesting for us uh, journey to watch so many women email us and say, I'm lost. I just don't know what to do at this point. My whole world was my kids. And, you know, part of me wants to say, don't worry, they come back. So <laughs> they're just, in but I have daughters and that's what happens. Um, but also it's a time of discovery for yourself. It's really about retraining your brain, reframing the idea of what your life was like, because as much as you may want to, you're not going to get that back, mm -mm. Mm -mm. but it can be beautiful and exciting and a new journey looking forward, but you have to look forward. You can't keep looking back. No. You know? And you can't keep trying to be something or trying to make what was former still fit like and right. I, and I think like especially it, it's a wonderful opportunity for couples too to like rediscover who they are like here they spent all this time working providing taking care of family doing all the things and then they get to the point where they're like oh wait we have some space we have more resources who are you again and like right. how do we how do we relate to each other and what do we even <laughs> like like you know Instead of just like checking off boxes, I mean, I really am passionate about that. Life is meant to be lived and explored. Um, I it like a very challenging year for you. That's the case. Uh, why do you say that? Because you can't really explore too much with the quarantine and everything. You would think. However, I'm in a camper <laughs> right now. I, I can see that for the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've been traveling for three weeks in my camper because I'm self-contained in the camper. Um, sure. but I'm at a campsite and honestly, I've, I see more people than I do at home, which is <laughs> kind of crazy. Um, but it's amazing. I get to hear different stories and people, you know, as we're walking our dogs past and of course we're staying safely distanced, but, um, yeah, uh, RV life is a, something I'm really passionate about. And it, I think it, it restores our faith in humanity in so many ways. Um, mostly. 
We could really use that right now. (laughs) Sometimes not so much. So like right after I I came, so I was camping, I thought, God, this is so great. I'm talking to these wonderful people. I'm getting to like get, see all these different perspectives, different politics, all of these things. No one cares when you're in a campsite, it's a community and people are really, really nice and they're helpful to each other and they're all these wonderful things. And so it just makes you think, I was like, I need to write a, an article about like how, you know, camping has helped me, you know, maintain sanity and, and restore my faith in humanity during COVID. And then I get woken up at 7.30 by a Harley Davidson. And, <laughs> and at that point, I was like, maybe. Never, never mind. Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it is definitely, I encourage, I, I've been, I've been encouraging all my friends, even if they don't have an RV, even just to go to state parks or go that are open, you know, or go camp in a tent or whatever, but just, it, it definitely is different than what we're seeing um, on media it's like, you know, you're actually relating to people. And I think getting off of the social media and the internet and that whole kind of facade of humans and really getting to where you're actually having to talk. I mean, you have to learn how to communicate at campsites. You have to actually compromise. You have like, everyone has different smells, different sounds, different things going on. And like, you know, it, it forces you to be human, more human than than not which is really an interesting thing so it's been a really interesting journey so far um and I, i've been, been a great been social experiment but... <laughs> yeah yeah really really yeah well that's and... we are on vacation now quote-unquote vacation because we had to cancel a whole bunch and we've literally rented a house at the edge of a cliff and we have views that are amazing of all of these mountains and we've been here for a week and we basically socially isolated you know it's just been nice time to play games with our kids. And I mean, we have grown adults, so, you know, Scrabble's a big thing. And um, just spend time together. So it's been a pleasure. You, you can make the best of a situation. Yeah. You get creative. Yeah. And it's hard to get creative sometimes. It is, for sure. I mean, I always say where there's obstacle, there's opportunity, but also it does get, you know, it is tough. It is frustrating um, not being able to do the things you want to do. I was supposed to see my family this year, which is by why I bought this camper trailer was to see my family and spend more time with them in the Northwest. And now they're like, we'll see you in spring. I'm like, what? <laughs> so... I own a camper. <laughs> I know, but they're just too nervous. I mean, between the violence and everything going on up there in Washington, they're just, they're just not, and I don't, I don't want to stress them out more. I mean, that's not the point. I want to, you know, anyway. So in the meantime, I'm just visiting other people's families. No, I'm kidding. But I'm just, <laughs> just visiting random people. I'm just rolling up. I just roll up. Hey, what's up? Yeah. Um, stay in the driveway. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely, it is, there are a lot of challenges and, and everyone has a different degree. I mean, everyone's experience right now is, is dramatically different, but um, I do, part of why I started the podcast during this time was the idea of just trying to elevate and help people focus on some positive things. Because you, if you want to find the negative, you can find it like in anything, but training ourselves to try to say, well, this sucks, but, but there's this one thing that's good. That's, you know, and let's focus on that and do the best we can. I feel like, yeah. It's easier to find the negative a lot of times. It's just easier. It's, it's closer to find. So you really have to try to, again, reframe your brain into looking for the positive. And that's a hard thing to do, especially at this time. 
It is because we are a fear-based society and our ego is like, lives, it breeds off of fear. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, it's much easier for us to be afraid and be like, well, we're just going to hide from everyone and live in a bubble and, and not talk to anyone and everything sucks and people suck and life sucks and the world sucks. It's all going, you know, I mean, it just, it's real easy right. to go down that rabbit hole. Um, and, and that's why it is hard to step out of that comfort zone, um, and into unknown areas. Um, but there's such a great reward. Um, one of the, one of my early, um, guests was, was, uh, Mary Latham and she, she drove her, so her mom passed away from cancer and in her honor, she drove her Subaru across 50 States collecting stories of good um, mm -hmm. from people like they would give their stories of, of good, random, good things that had happened. And then she's going to put them in a book and donate it to hospital waiting rooms for people who have to sit in waiting rooms. And yeah. And so some of these stories, I mean, it just, it was such a great reminder of like, it doesn't have to be some big thing. Like some of them were just like really, really random, small little acts of kindness that would change someone's day, change someone like, and they're still remembering these stories years later. Um, so mm -hmm. I love that idea again of like, just looking for the good, trying to find the good in whatever it is. Um, and also what you said that it doesn't have to be monumental. No, it can be very small baby steps. And, you know, a, for us in midlife, we talk a lot about it. It's not necessarily, um, grandiose acts of whatever. It's just paying it forward a little bit each time. It's finding the joy. I mean, when we, like I said before, when we get an email or a message from someone saying, thank you so much for that podcast. I really learned a lot. I, you know, it made me feel less alone. That for us is more than any numbers and, and anything else could say to us, like we're making a difference. So if you can make a difference in one, if you can volunteer in one group, if you can make the difference in one person's life, it's just, it, I think there's more of a value to it as you get older, you just appreciate it more. Um, yeah. I have found that with people and it, there's just such fear over trying things now because you don't know that you can't guarantee the outcome. Well, you know, there is no guarantees in any outcome. Mm -mm. And I understand that as you're younger, you have mortgages and, and well, everybody has mortgages, but kids and this, and as, and it's hard to take those, those risks because you know, if it doesn't work, you, it's a lot more of a damage. So embrace it as you get older, that freedom. We always call it the freedoms that you earn in your forties and fifties and sixties. Mm -hmm. They are freedoms yeah. and you have only them. So enjoy them. Absolutely. And I, and I think too, what you touched on is as well as like, um, hearing that you've made a difference in people's lives, that you've touched them. A lot of that, I feel like we're in a society where we over supposedly over communicate on all these different forms, but I still feel like people don't feel heard. I feel like, Absolutely. you know, like, and I feel like, um, especially, and then going back to the focus of your show, especially during certain ages and certain age groups, it's like, um, I think your second episode maybe was a disappearing woman or the invisible woman syndrome. Yeah. yeah. And, and I it's feel like yeah, it is, I mean, totally, I, this reminds me, oh, uh, Grace and Frankie, the show. Um, I haven't watched all the episodes, but. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Well, one episode, they're in a grocery store and they're trying to like check out and they're all getting upset because the clerk is paying attention to the 20 something girl instead of them. And like, they're like shouting and like making, and he's just totally <laughs> doesn't see them. And it's, 
But clearly, you know, that's like exactly what we're talking about. This idea where you don't feel seen, where you go from people noticing you because you're in your 20s and everyone's like, it's like, you know, innate. We're trying to like mate and like whatever. And <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just, yeah. And then, and then you're not trying to anymore. <laughs> Biology hits and you're like, mm. but even though things might be sagging or whatever, you still want to be heard and noticed. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing that we learned in that episode um, was that in all, in many cases, it's almost separate. Some women like to be heard and some women like to be seen. And of course, there's always a crossover. Some women want to be seen and heard. But in the corporate world, a lot of women is really important to be heard when they were in a meeting or they were speaking to business professionals. So as they got older and younger executives started moving up the ranks, it was really hard that they did not feel heard. Mm -hmm. A lot of women who, you know, who are younger, who just could eat anything they want, were super skinny, you know, always made up, never walked out of the house without makeup. They felt like okay, now I'm not being seen. Almost like there was a finite amount of attention in a room and you had to fight for it. Like if you did not get your finite amount, your percentage of that, you weren't going to get it. When the reality is it doesn't matter your age. There's always someone who's going to be thinner, prettier, longer hair, more intelligent. Then if you spend your life worrying about that, you miss what's right in front of you. Because like I had said on the show, it can be a superpower. Flying under the radar as we get a little bit older, you no longer have to worry about, oh, well, that didn't work. You know, oh gosh, everybody see that I like, no, no one's paying attention. Mm -mm. Like, (laughs) it's really about reframing it. Like, yes, you always want to look your best and you want to feel your best. But it's more of an intrinsic than an, an extrinsic thing. And also, I think the power of age and wisdom is that you know more of who you are. You're more solid in yourself. Um, or at least you're more open to be <laughs> being that way. Right. <laughs> you, know? you might still be figuring that. I mean, I'm, you know, we're all works in progress, but, um, Absolutely. but the idea that like you, you, a don't care as much because you've been through enough no. that you're like, ah, it doesn't really matter. And B, you are also realizing that, Hey, you know, I've been sitting here, you know, being validated by all these other things my whole life, but now I'm realizing that I actually am okay the way I am and I don't need to be so hard on myself and I can try different things and it's okay. And if, even if they fail, I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to laugh. And you do start to see it in a different perspective. I think when you're not working more intrinsically Mm -hmm. on what's important, Yeah, Um, not everyone. And I think a lot of times when you're holding on so hard to that past, it, it just keeps you from enjoying the present and the future. It's like, you know, it's like a rubber band that just pulls you back and pulls you back. And when you start to let go of the, what you think are social norms that you must attain every day, mm-hmm. and yeah. you kind of open yourself up to the freedom of, I didn't even realize I could do this, or I could do that, or there's this to look forward to, or just simply, I'm going to take a hike and it's beautiful out. And it just, it, it shifts your focus you know what I mean? So it releases some of the pressure that you put yourself on that I think we, as women, we are always putting pressure on ourselves. You know, the media certainly does not help it. Not every woman's going to be J-Lo at 50. And J-Lo wouldn't be J-Lo at 50 if she didn't have a team 
of JLo helpers making her look that way. Yes. A team. A so team. to put yourself under that kind of pressure, it's, it's very hard. And, and I think, you know, give yourself a break. And it's, <laughs> it's sad, right? Because I feel like, um, for instance, like when people are like, oh, you know, I wish I was back in my 20s and 30s. I'm like, I would never say that, honestly. I, oh my God, I am so glad to be in my mid-40s. I am so, I mean, like, it's just getting better. And I'm like, I mean, it's getting more interesting. <laughs> there are things like, <laughs> like, you know, hairs that grow in places that you're like, how is that even yeah, possible? that too. Yeah, it like, was... where did that come from? And why is it not in the right place? But whatever, you know, but you also have a sense of humor and you realize like, yeah, it, I feel like the freedom um, mm -hmm. is there. And, and I feel like um, the more that we can help women and men realize, like, you know, there is this beauty to age and there's so much potential. It's like just because you're midlife, it's not ended. Like it's actually just it's middle. begun. It's <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, yeah. I have this, I have this card. Um, I just got this on this trip when I was in a Charles uh, – I was in Tybee Island. Oh, um, great shop, Seaside Sisters of Tybee. Awesome. Anyway, so they have these cards, and the card says, "Some people call them decades. I prefer to call them my collected works." And she's sitting, <laughs> and she's sitting that. on a stack of books, and like one book is like bad hair, and like you know whatever. But but like yeah, the idea that you're just collecting these experiences, and it's making you becoming. You're becoming this thing, and. By the time you become whatever it is, you're, you'll die. But that's fine. <laughs> it's always working. But I do feel like the middle of your life is like this, like the best kept secret. Yes. Because you're not, your health span hopefully is still good, you know, mm -hmm. so you still enjoy life. Yes, you might have a little more aches and pains than you did before. Um, but you haven't reached the point where mobility is a problem or your brain function is a problem. But you have passed the point where you're putting everybody else first. So it's like this best kept secret, you know, before COVID hit, my husband and I were traveling and enjoying each other, dating each other again. I mean, I started dating my husband in high school, so we've been together forever. That's amazing. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. That's Thank you. Awesome. But it's work. It, it's yeah. work. You know? mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we were dating again and, you know, we were binge watching shows we like now. And you just have to find that little spot of light in what can be a very dark time if you're always looking behind you. Mm -hmm. I know my kids no longer need me. My, you know, house isn't full anymore. Yes, all those things are something to be somewhat, to be sad and accept those feelings and let them fall through. But also, wow, I get to like silly things. When my kids left um, for college, I stopped setting an alarm clock. I was like, I'm going to give this to myself, okay? I've been spending the last 20 years or more either an alarm clock, oh, I'm sorry. Um, speaking of that. alarm, speaking of my daughter, um, oh my gosh. Okay. No, she doesn't. Okay. Stop that. Sorry about that. My phone's on silent, but obviously it goes through my, oh, yeah. um, all the devices. <laughs> right. Exactly. I I'm going to start that again. So one of the things that I gave myself when my daughter's left for school was to turn the alarm off in the morning, mm -hmm. simple little thing. But I had been setting that alarm when I was working as a lawyer, when I had toddlers, all through school, I got up with them until they left. And that was a gift I was going to give myself. That I just was going to wake up when my body said it was time to wake up. 
And it was one of the best gifts I ever gave myself. Now I only set an alarm when I'm, you know, got a, when I have a flight or I have an appointment or a conference call or something like that. I love, and it's just like, I go to bed going, oh, I do not have to get up at six o'clock, you know? Yes. Silly things like that. So you can find the good, even if it's something small, mm-hmm. you know, it's just to find the good in it. It's, you have to kind of keep looking for it. And if it's not readily apparent, look a little deeper because it's there. Yeah. But, because I think that um, if, you know, our, our culture is very much like we learn to get validated by our work by our family, Mm -hmm. by our money, by our beauty. Like there's a lot of ways that we validate ourselves and um, they're not always all healthy. And I think that when you start to get a little bit older, you start to realize and challenge some of that. And I think that there's like a lot of, I, I hope that people know that there's a lot of people out there that don't need to be validated by those things. Like there is another way to do it. Like you can love your family and you can want the absolute best for them and be available to them, but you can also love yourself and have freedom to do the things you need to do. Or you can, you know, just because your job changes, that's not your identity. You're still a really awesome person. It just is a situation and you can go to the next thing. It's an opportunity to figure out, well, what what else can I do? What, maybe I want to do something different that I'm going to like even more. So like these ideas that like, um, you know, I think it's just been so pervasive in our culture that that's how people validate themselves. And so when things change or end, it's kind of catastrophic and it doesn't need to be like, I feel like, you know, it, it really, we can evolve together. And I think having more people with voices that are, you know, challenging themselves and challenging other people, like, you know, that it's, it's not so horrible. It's yeah, it kind of sucks and it's a change and you need to grieve and you need to go through the process, but then, but look to, you know, there could be this really great opportunity, um, to discover more. Yeah. Discover more about yourself, discover something, unknown we're so afraid of what's unknown but what if what's unknown is this like amazing huge rainbow of like stuff that like you know that you would you know unknown is not always bad right or that you just enjoy getting up and drinking your cup of tea and watching good morning america it could be anything Anything. that brings you joy but if you if transitions are always going to be there whether you're 20 or 30 from birth you're transitioning and if it's if you have a challenge with, with transition, which a lot of people do, it would be really beneficial for people to try to find ways to work on accepting change because it's not always easy, but it's always going to be there. Change is just, you know, it's a constant. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard for some people that, as you said with, with flipping dreams, if you can kind of create a template for what you'd like to see, this change come to fruition, then it might be a little less overwhelming to you and it might not be as traumatic. Yeah, I think part of it for me, especially, um, and I write all of this from experience because not because I have it figured out, but because I actually need to do these things to be able to cope through my own changes. So like, um, you know, I have, a, there's a tremendous amount of anxiety uh, hitching up a trailer by myself and driving to places I've never been. And, and sometimes- I give you credit for that. That's- I, yeah, sometimes it's not, you know, I, I, I had one stop, one campground this trip that um, I actually had to rehitch and leave because I had the skeevy gut feeling of like, I don't feel safe. And um, anyway, um, heard the deliverance. Your intuition, which is good. Yeah, well, I mean, I was like hearing the deliverance music and I didn't anything. <laughs> anyway, so I had to... 
they are never going to find me. <laughs> and there was no cell service. Like I literally was just like, uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> Not today. Yes. And so, um, and that was such, anyway, so there, there definitely is a lot of anxiety that I have. Um, and so some of the things that help me when I kind of get stuck in like, well, what the heck am I doing? Why, you know, this is a lot of work. It's scary. Every time there's different people, maybe I don't want to talk to them. Maybe I do. I don't know. And, um, I kind of sit down. I actually have, well, I have a journal like this one and this is from my, my podcast journal, but I have another journal where I will write my vision out. Like, and I'll do this sometimes if I need to, sometimes weekly, monthly, whenever, whenever I start to feel overwhelmed and like scared and freaked out and like feeling defeat, like, I don't think this is going to work. Then I sit down and I go, okay, what was your original goal? Let, <laughs> let's, let's paint the picture. What was the picture in your mind that you are going for? And let's redraw that again. And let's like paint it out and remember what those things are. And maybe you need to make a change or maybe you don't. But like if this is if this isn't jiving with that vision, then do a little pivot or make a make an adjustment. But um, but it helps for me to have that kind of anchor of like um, just just an, an image or a vision of like, oh, yeah, this is the life that I'm going. This is this is what I'm trying to do, you know, versus being stuck in the middle. Sometimes when you're stuck in the weeds of the thing it can be really overwhelming. And, and of course life is tough. Like there's definitely things to be for the trees. Just Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes having that, that part of the process of like pulling out and being like, Oh yeah, that's right. You were really excited about this two months ago. <laughs> you might not feel that way right now. <laughs> like, or I'll go back and read a journal. Control back, you know, yeah. Let's take control back of a situation. Mm -hmm. And not feeling so overwhelmed. I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very helpful. A lot of women journal, a lot of men journal. You know, just kind of get your thoughts down on paper. And I think the, the, the power those thoughts have over your head kind of lessen yeah. when you put them down on paper. Oh, yeah. And sometimes people are afraid of journaling. I actually did a little YouTube thing um, that was part of my course but about journaling of like people are afraid of the blank page. And some people, you know, it's scary. So I talk about like in some of my journals, I actually will rip out pictures in magazines that inspire me and paste them or like <laughs> and not like people necessarily just like houses or places that I want to go or whatever, but, or words, or I'll write down phrases that I find that are really inspired, just whatever that reminds me of this, you know, bolsters this idea of this vision in my mind, because sometimes you can't always, sometimes you don't really know what you want. Right. And so sometimes we need to, we need to look to other people to get inspired. We don't need to live their lives, but we can be like, Oh, well, I, but I like that color pink. So I'm going to grab that and I'm going to put that on my palette, you know, or whatever it is. But well, like, it's, sometimes it's about not reinventing the wheel. If someone's already created it, you can apply it to yourself and change it. So it works for you, mm -hmm. but you don't need to reinvent the whole wheel. Someone's already done it. So yeah. take advantage of that knowledge. And, you know, you can always see somebody, you can find a place, you know, a lot of people when they become an empty nester don't want to live in the same location they went anywhere. Well, start exploring, you know, like you said, putting up pictures, make a vision board of where you'd like to see yourself in three or four years. Get an RV. Give yourself something to look forward to. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all like pro RV right now. Get an RV. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, um, but it's true because also, um, the other thing I try to dispel the myth that there's only one dream 
I don't believe that's true. I think that we have many, many dreams. I think each of us have unique gifts and we're going to tackle or interpret those dreams the way we're supposed to, right? Like we're all going to have a different stamp on whatever we do, but we all have different, we have multiple dreams. And so this idea that you had this dream when you were younger and you did the dream and it's over. I mean, and, and this is from experience. I was a ballet dancer. I was obsessed with it. I retired at 28. Now what? I got a really good therapist. That's what I did. But like, <laughs> that was smart. But yeah, but it's serious because it was like, I just retired from the thing I wanted to do the, my whole life and now I can't. And what am I going to do now? And who am I? And so, like, when you have those dreams, it's like realizing that that's not, that's not all of you. That was just the you then. And you've got still, you've got different doors to open. You know, there's, there's a lot to discover. So, and yeah. don't limit yourself. Yeah. Because as long as you're willing to put the work in and time, because sometimes it's not instant gratification, then you go for it. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, Bridget, because I feel like a theme that has come up as I'm having these discussions with other people in the podcast is that community is so important, right? The people who are around you will help you or hurt you. So you have to be really careful of like who you're sharing your dreams with and who you're partnering with in life to like hold you accountable and support you when it gets tough, when you get discouraged or celebrate with you when it's awesome, you know? Um, and not everyone has those people. So I was wondering, like, it sounds like you and Bridget have known each other a long time. And has that been a really, has that really helped you as like, has that played a part at all in like this process of starting a podcast? I, I think because both of us were completely clueless as to what we were doing for a podcast that really helped. Bridget and I have been friends for about five years and we both moved into our neighborhood around the same time we're both becoming empty nesters. So we have a lot in common that way, but we are totally opposite in our upbringing. She was born in a small town in Kentucky. Um, I was born on the Jersey shore. And um, so you couldn't be more opposite, mm -hmm. but we both have this kind of rhythm that works. I'm a workaholic. And I'm 24 seven thinking of ideas and, and she humors me. Like I've been set boundaries. I can't text before 6am because she wants sleep, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but she supports all of that. And she's there for, whenever I say we're going to do this crazy idea. She's like, all right, let's go for it. Like, let's do it. Um, and we both just want the best for each other. We both really value our friendship and we bring the best out in each other. So I think that has been a benefit. I don't know that I could do a podcast by myself for me, because I think the fact that we're so different, the chemistry works really well. She'll ask questions I don't think of. I'll ask questions she doesn't think of. Um, and I, that helps. Um, so I always think different opinions working off each other is really a good thing. Uh, we have, you know, we just, we really just jive really well on the podcast. So it's been a blessing and it's been a bonus. Um, mm -hmm. But as far as learning this stuff, I certainly didn't pick someone who was an expert in it and she did not pick somebody who was an expert either. We really kind of learned as we went. Like I would learn, she was learned Pinterest. I would learn Facebook and, and uh, editing the podcast and how to make a website, all of this. And you know, some people in their fifties would say, why would I want to do that? Well, why not? If you want to reach a goal, you've got to be able to kind of be malleable to learn new things. And um, 
that's not an age thing. That's just being stubborn. <laughs> yeah. Age, you know? I think, I think we have this thing where we, we think we get, are going to get to a certain age and we're going to know all the things and that's going to prove to everyone that we're wise and we don't need to learn anymore. Like we've, we've checked that box. And I feel like what a shame because I really think learning should be built in each and every day. I, like I want to be shocked by something every day time, yeah. <laughs> or learn something, you know, um, because it forces me out of, I, and I absolutely am. I don't call it stubborn. I just call it like I'm right, but like whatever. But I definitely struggle against that internally sometimes. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. I already know how to do this. Or, I don't need to know how to do that. And then I'm like, Heather, you do. Really <laughs> yeah, getting beyond yourself. It's like, okay, I got to yeah. get past my own self. Because I'll say, how hard can this be? And I'll watch them on much younger do it in 10 minutes and it takes me an hour and a half oh learning to done. learning to code oh my gosh uh <laughs> oh, can i just okay. tell you like people are like like i mean i'm really really proud that i work for stitch fix i work for this great company and i've been there almost three years and they still like me and i apparently am doing my work but like <laughs> but when i first learned coding and through a boot camp i mean i wanted to throw my computer across the room many times like i was so angry it was it took me so much what i felt so much longer to like understand than maybe someone who was like 20 years younger than me and right. um but the thing is, that's where you just have to have the patience and the kindness with yourself because everything is hard when you first start it. I'll remember um, one of my first fiddle instructors, in Al Berard, he's passed away, but he, one of the things he would say is like, Heather, every single song is hard. You're not, you're, no one is advanced or intermediate or advanced. Don't think about that. He was like, just take it note for note, each note, one at a time. And then the song will happen. And it's so true. Like if you try, if you kind of look at the, the big picture and you're like, there's no way I'm going to get there. But if you just start with the little chunks, whatever it is, eventually you're going to look back and be like, oh, wait, I did it. <laughs> you know, I don't um, want to do it again, but I did yeah, it. exactly. I would never I'd be like, what are you thinking? But yeah. Um, yeah, it is. And it's about always learning. Learning is really challenging yourself is really important because not everybody wants to get out of the comfort zone. And by that, I don't mean, you know, start parachuting out of a plane, but small baby steps to get out of our comfort zone and challenge ourselves. It's really important to grow. Even just like watching a show that you wouldn't normally watch, like a documentary right. when you're normally into fiction or something, or reading a book on something that you don't know anything about, um, learning about Bitcoin. I have a friend who's completely <laughs> obsessed with <laughs> cryptocurrency. And because his passion is so infectious, I've actually downloaded YouTube talks. I've downloaded like books on this. Um, it's not something that I'm hugely passionate about, but it's something I should know about because people talk about it and I end up having conversations and I feel like, well, why not know about at least, at least enough to hold a conversation. Um, and so like things like that where if you start to look at the world as an opportunity to learn there's so much and every day i think when i wake up i'm like i don't have enough time to do all the things i want to do <laughs> i mean i just don't like i, I it's so wonderful and also frustrating because I, I feel like oh i want to do and like you know yeah so yeah you pick and choose your battles but i think that you should get older you hmm okay oh i'm sorry go no, ahead. i was gonna say i do think you you kind of um 
as you get older, you give yourself a little grace. Like for myself, past eight o'clock, don't ask me to do anything at night. I'm not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. And before I would get frustrated with myself and now I'm like, okay, it'll still be there at 630 in the morning, you know? So give yourself a little grace. You know, it's, things will get done, but just keep moving forward. And trusting, yeah, and trusting yourself, right? Like trusting that um, you, your body, and your, you know, you know what's good for you, and so really yeah. listening to yourself rather than working against yourself. But like, oh, for sure, like eight o'clock is wine time. That's, <laughs> not- <laughs> That's a- it. Is not time to ask me to do anything. It's nope. Just- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's my, that's my, you know, watch a really smutty show or like, (laughs) you know, whatever time I, it's like free time. I put my, I have a dog, so daddy goes to bed Mm -hmm. and that's, that's mom time. So, um, yeah, I think, but I think that as the, the benefit of getting older is that you are able to, yeah, give yourself that grace and just trust yourself more and just know that it's all going to be okay. Like all the things will get done. And if they and don't, they maybe. Don't. Yeah, right. <laughs> maybe they didn't. As long as you take your medication, they tell you to take. It's not like you didn't take yeah. your insulin. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's a little different. But if the dishes are still in the sink tomorrow morning, it's okay. It's and okay. if you said that to my twenty-year-old self, I would have been like, "No, there cannot be dishes in the sink." Oh yeah. It's just silly things about giving yourself a little bit of grace, and you know, listening I- to your yourself. Yeah. And like, again, it all goes back to this perfectionism that we have so instilled in us and passed down. And I think if there, there is another positive for COVID, it's that things aren't perfect and we're having to cope and adapt to an imperfect world right now and learn how to find joy in the little things and like, just like having eggs at the store or whatever, like, (laughs) Exactly. I I need some toilet paper a few months ago. That was like, woo. Yeah. Yeah. I finally, I finally found like disinfectant wipes and I was like, yay. Yeah. (laughs) So exciting. So yeah. Um, Yeah. So um, did you have a chance? I don't know if you read my notes, but I usually do a quote of the week and I don't know if you have a quote that you that inspires you or one that right now resonates with you particularly that you want to share? Um, I actually love the quote. I heard it a couple years ago and it's stuck in my head. Not my circus, not my monkey. I do. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that is great. Yes. And first time I heard it, I was like, what? But it's so true. It's just so true. And it just now, especially with everybody, you know, who's, calling me with problems or this person needs that. I'm like, not my circus, not my monkey. Have my own circus. And (laughs) you know, there's a level of responsibility that we don't have to take. (laughs) Like, I mean, we're all responsible people, but you get to a certain point where you're like, "Yeah, yeah, I don't need to own that. Like I can own this. I'm going to own this. Exactly. That That's is it. not part of my journey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that would be my quote. And yes, it would be your But that, that would be my quote of the day. Not my circus, not my monkey. Not my circus, not my <laughs> I know. I'm sure people have these great, like, Socrates quotes. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. It's great. They're all different. It's really interesting. So I, I love it. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, good. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, you definitely need a sense of humor uh, in life and just especially right now, a sense of humor. When you're staying in your house for months on end. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I feel, I mean, I don't know how folks do it. I don't know, especially with the families and homeschooling and all the stuff that's going on. Um, I just have so much respect uh, for everyone right now. And uh, yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, I have enough trouble with my, it's, it's hard enough to, whether to send her back. I can't imagine having elementary school or high school kids. Yeah. I, I can't, I talked to, there was a lady I was doing laundry uh, at a campsite a couple days ago and she was talking about the issues with schools and with her kids and all the back and forth and everything. And I just thought, oh my gosh, I would just, I don't know. I would just go to the, give my kids a pile of books and be like, go, go to the forest, <laughs> go read. I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> We're going to learn about land and the world and do little history lessons. It's yeah. hard. I don't, I don't envy. It's, I, I really feel a lot of empathy for the parents that are trying to juggle work and raising their kids. My daughter's a preschool teacher and she works with special needs kids and a lot of their parents have to work. But a lot of these kids have pre-existing conditions like heart you know, diseases and different, neuro- well, the neurological conditions are affected that we know of. I shouldn't say definitely, we don't know. Mm-hmm. But these kids still have to come into school every day and, and my daughter is so hyper aware of not exposing herself to anything because she doesn't want to bring it into the kids. Yeah. And teachers, oh my gosh, right now, I can't even imagine. I have friends that are teachers and it just, I mean, schools already are underfunded. Um, Mm -hmm. And so then to add on like all of this, these new procedures and like trying to figure out like how to keep everyone safe and just, oh man, talk about grace. Yeah. I just, I think that um, we need to it's all the more reason that when you see a teacher or someone in public service or, you know, really anyone just being kind and saying something nice and encouraging right now will change a lot of people's lives. Even if it's just one person a day, just because it's people are under a lot of pressure and it's coming out in, in ways that aren't healthy. Very strange ways. Yeah. Yeah. Very ugly ways too. So if you can, show kindness. I agree with you. That is always the way. If you're not sure how to react, start with kindness and you're usually going to be all right. Yeah. And it's interesting because most of the people that like, uh, I learned this in the campsites, like you see them at first and it's kind of like people are kind of not sure of you or they might like side and you think, Ooh, they looked kind of angry. But then if you give an, an opportunity to like say hello and you realize, well, they're just like not sure of you either. And, and you end up having a great conversation. I mean, humans are not bad. They're really, you know, we're all doing the best we can on any given moment. And like the more that we, um, especially with everything being so divisive right now, like, oh my gosh, just letting people know that you, you see them and you know mm-hmm. what, you know, and, and whatever it is that they're going through is that you value them as a human that they, you know, I think that that's, that's, that's all anyone really wants is just to know that, to you be know, heard. yeah, to be heard, to feel, to feel worthwhile, that, that you mean something, that there's a reason for you being in this world. And there is each and every person. Um, so yeah. And like, yeah. And again, just find your own circus, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are plenty of monkeys there. When you get to your own circus, they're all waiting for you. You don't yeah. need to... Yeah. grabbing other people's monkeys you got your own you don't need to do that just like you know there's there's a trapeze there's all kinds of new tricks to just get your monkeys to do different tricks right now people are going what does that even mean <laughs> <laughs> well, again, okay, this lady's crazy why is she talking yeah. about this argument? yeah well you know <laughs> once they have their own aha moment they'll be like oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well, thank you so much. This has been really fun chatting and um, getting to know you. And um, again, um, we, I'll let you share how people can find you and your podcast. Great. Well, thank you for having me on. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Um, we are, the podcast is called Hot Flashes and Cool Topics. It's a weekly podcast, comes out every Wednesday. We're doing some bonus episodes over the summer because we had some time on our hands with COVID and we taped a lot of shows. But um, it talks about anything and everything to do with midlife. You can find us on any podcast platform that you listen to podcasts, whether it be Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, wherever, iHeartRadio. Um, we do have a great Facebook group of women over 40 that we encourage everybody to join. It's under Facebook groups, Hot Flashes, and Cool Topics. Or you can just find it under Hot Flashes, Cool Topics, because sometimes they don't recognize the ampersand. Um, and you know, we're on, we're on most social media, like Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. We are a little afraid of, um, TikTok and <laughs> Snapchat. So we don't really think our demographic is spending a lot of time. On that. No, I don't no. think so. I'm definitely not. I'm afraid as well. <laughs> so. On Twitter, you can find us on, um, Instagram and Facebook and all those fun places. And our website is hotflashescooltopics.com. And that's a really good place. Like we'll have all of our guest shows. Like once this show airs, we put it onto our website so people can kind of listen to other, we really want to support other women and voices because we feel like we're stronger together. We have a lot of articles about midlife, whether it's health, um, mental state, career. We just want to share as much information as we can. So it's pretty full that website. So check that out as well. That is awesome. And I have checked out the website. It's really cool. And, um, and your podcast is really entertaining. So, um, I will definitely be continuing to listen, um, and taking notes and I I know we always say, take a pen and a paper. (laughs) Yes. We're going to listen to it again, but we appreciate that. And we're always happy to hear ideas because we want to know what midlife women are talking about and want to know about. So always feel free to email us or let's leave a message and we'll definitely look into it. If we don't have the answer, we'll find it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was great. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Flipping Dreams. And guess what? We have reached over 250 downloads and we are only on episode number 10. So I just want to thank you all so much for tuning in, doing your part to share, download, review, all the good things. We're here for you, and uh, I'm super excited. So thank you again, and uh, please tune in next week. Don't forget, uh, it means so much, and it is so important to add a five-star, add a review. Uh, It really helps this podcast get to the front of the line so that more people can listen in to these amazing conversations that we're having. So thank you for doing your part, and we'll see you again next week here on Flipping Dreams. (laughs) 